Welcome to Things That Matter. It's great to be with you. Today we're going to answer the question, how important is it to train and disciple your lay leaders? Thanks for tuning in to Things That Matter. My name is Josh Taransky. This is Pastor Brian Brotherson. Today we want to talk about lay leadership. Uh, if you're a pastor or an assistant pastor, you want to pay particular attention to this topic. It's a great question that was actually submitted to us uh, by a couple that's in the ministry. They're worship leaders. And they want to know, Pastor Brian, um, what requirements they should put on lay leaders. Essentially, they're in the ministry. Uh, they need help as every ministry does, and that's how God's designed the church to be. Um, but they really want to disciple and train their leaders, but yet other departments in the church don't have those requirements, and they're losing people yeah. uh, to the other departments. And they're wondering, do they have too high expectations? Um, how should how should that process work? Yeah. Well, obviously in a... Um you know, a church setting, you've got a, a variety of different needs and, um, and not everybody I think is going to need to be equally as, as qualified, you know, to do certain things. Uh, if you're looking for people for pastoral ministry, obviously the qualification is high. Uh, the demand is high for discipleship and, and so forth. Um, and, and I think anybody who's directly engaged in the ministry of the word, there there needs to be a, a high standard there. Obviously, you need to know the scriptures. You need to know them in their context. You need to be able to um, communicate them effectively and so forth. But there, there's a number of other levels of ministry in any church where those qualifications are, are not necessary. You know, what you're looking for are people who are, you know, genuinely born again, people who are um, growing in their relationship with the Lord. They, they might be relatively new believers even, but you, you sense that they have a real heart for, the, for God, for the things of God. They want to serve the Lord. And I think, um, you know, sometimes I think getting people involved at an early stage is, is a good thing. As long as you get them involved in the right thing, you're not putting them in something that's beyond them or something that's over their uh, head or, or that they're spiritually not yet capable of, of taking on. So yeah. I, I think that you have to ask the question, you know, I, I think it's possible that your standard could maybe be too high. You're, you're just expecting something from people that they are not going to attain at this stage in their spiritual life. So, mm -hmm. so I think you have to ask the question, you know, do we have a realistic standard? And then whatever conclusion you draw, if you don't, then you got to, you know, reduce it a bit. But then you, you certainly have to hold people to somewhat of a standard. If you're, if you're going to have people right. serving, then they've got to be faithful. They've got to be consistent. They've got to have that initial godly thing that's being cultivated in them by the Spirit. Yeah. Now, there are some churches, and there's uh, there's a mega church that was recently in the news because they were almost as an evangelistic method were allowing um, gay people to sing in their choir. It wasn't a Calvary Chapel. <laughs> right. Just so you know, just so you're not afraid. Um <laughs> And uh, it, it 
became known. It was yeah. there was a news article about mm-hmm. them doing yeah. this. Um, what do you think about that idea? I mean, that's in a sense not leadership, but it's participation yeah. in an organized part of the church. Yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with the situation, and I read I read up on it, and um, I understand. On the one hand, I understand. You know, you're wanting to cast this net. You're wanting to give people an exposure to the church, regardless of who they are. So they can come in and kind of get a feel for what's going on and, you know, hopefully through that, you know, want to come to Christ. So I I get that part of it. But I think that there's also um, a danger there. I think you have to be extremely careful. And, um, you know, sometimes when it comes to our efforts to reach people, sometimes we can, I think, go beyond the, the border that God has set. Now, in that particular case, here's where I saw the problem. The problem was the church was doing this with the goal of, well, we're going to get these people to come in, you know, these people who are living the gay lifestyle, we're going to get them to come in and we're going to show them that there's a better way. We're going to show them that God loves them and they can, they don't have to you know, live that lifestyle anymore. That that was their objective. So we're going to invite them in and we don't want to have any barriers to them coming in. But the the gay guys were like, well, you know, we're, we're going to stay in the church because we want to show these guys that, you know, we really love each other and it's okay to be a Christian and be gay and there's nothing wrong with that. So you've got two different goals here by the two different groups. The church is wanting to bring the the gay couple into a relationship with Jesus where they forsake their homosexuality. The the gay couple is saying, we want to influence the church so they mm-hmm. embrace our homosexuality. Right. There's a train wreck that's going to happen at some point. So I think that, that to to know that that's the case and to kind of go on with that approach, I, I personally think mm-hmm. is uh, the wrong way to do things. And, and, you know, I think we have to be careful when it comes to evangelism. Sometimes we we just sort of throw caution to the wind and we just uh, throw discernment to the wind and, you know, anything at all costs to reach somebody. Well, you know, nobody's going to come to Christ apart from the Holy Spirit drawing them. So that's the first thing we have to remember. And we we need to be careful that we're not setting up something that in the end is is going to fail to glorify God, fail to meet the objective, and actually end up being, you know, a nightmare. Yeah. And, and something that dishonors the Lord. So yeah. yeah. So let's go back to the question for Nicole and discipleship. Um, in your years of ministry and working with lay leaders um, and training them, how have you, what have you encouraged in your lay leadership for just Christian disciplines, and how have you done training with them? Well, in, in lay leaders, again, you're looking for people with a, a genuine uh, relationship with Christ. You're looking for people who are serious about discipleship. They're serious about growing. Um, I don't have one particular method of discipleship that I prefer over another. I, I think that as long as a person is in the pursuit of spiritual uh maturity, as long as they're devoted to the scriptures, as long as they're plugged into fellowship themselves, as long as they're, um, you know, fighting against, you know, the flesh, the sinful Mm -hmm. tendencies and so forth. um, That's what I'm looking for. You know, you just sense when, when somebody is genuine in their desire to serve the Lord and you want to facilitate that. You want to, you want to take those, um, 
those giftings that are there and you want to see those cultivated. So, you know, you, you take people sort of step by step. I, a lot of it. Now, some people, obviously, um, they, they land in a certain place in ministry and that's the place they remain. And they, they just grow and develop in that particular place. Other people, they start in one place and then they're, they're moving in their giftings, they're growing. And, you know, for example, um, I've seen a lot of guys over the years who uh, start off in youth ministry. They maybe start off as just a counselor in a youth group, and then eventually they become uh, more like an assistant. And then they even could become a youth pastor at a certain point. And then after some years of youth pastoring, they go out and they pastor churches, mm-hmm. they, they plant churches and so forth. So. So that's a, you know, kind of a unique person. Obviously, not every person who serves as a lay leader in your church is going to become a church planter or a pastor. Yeah. So you've got children's ministry. You've got helps ministry. You've got all kinds of administrative things and so forth. And I think, you know, what you're looking at is just taking a person where they're at and discovering what their gifts are and helping them to develop those gifts. Yeah. You have a record in ministry of taking guys that are pretty raw and sending them off on the mission field and <laughs> sending them out. Yeah. And um, I don't know if people have been critical of you or not on that, but the guys that I know you talk about now that you know come back and share at pastor's conferences, they were pretty raw when you yeah. sent them out. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you would have changed about that method or that process, or are you still doing the same thing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's a delicate thing because, I mean, obviously you look at the situation, you see, okay, you know, we made some mistakes along the way. And then, but on the other hand, you look and you see there's, there's some really good fruit too. Yeah. So I think to the best of our ability, we want to make sure that the, you know, the person is really being sent by the Lord and, you know, rough edges and all, you know, God's, God's going to work all of that stuff out. I mean, if we wait around for everybody to get you know, everything all smoothed out, you know, we're not going to get anything done. (laughs) I mean, look at Jesus with the apostles, you know, do you think those guys had any rough edges? Yeah, (laughs) they did. did, Yeah. And what did he do? He kept sending them out to do things, you know? And then after three years, I think they still had some rough edges. Even when, you know, he had accomplished his uh, part of the discipleship personally and Mm -hmm. was, you know, went to the cross and rose again and went back to heaven. Uh, they still had a lot of rough edges, but he sent them out anyway. So yeah. I, I think, you know, there's there's a balance between those two things. I mean, you, I think you can overly emphasize the the equipping part of a person to where you it's kind of an endless thing. You know, you mm-hmm. never graduate and you never get out to, to do this stuff. Um, or you can, you know, underemphasize it and you can, uh, you know, Paul, Paul said to Timothy not to put a novice into ministry because mm-hmm. there were those those natural sort of pitfalls, you know, yeah. become a victim of Satan. So you want to just try to strike the balance there. Yeah, yeah. It's an important part of Calvary Chapel's heritage because this is what Pastor Chuck did. Yeah. He, he just really yeah. let guys go. Yeah, he, I mean, you know, when you look back at Pastor Chuck's ministry, that guy took more risk than... <laughs> He would have ever dreamed of, you yeah. know, he did and, yeah. um, and God blessed it. Yeah. And, um, so I think that, you know, we, we keep, we keep taking those risks, uh, not uneducated kinds of guesses. Well, we're just hoping, you know, you live, you experience life, you see things, you're, you're able to kind of, 
you know, read a person's character. You're, you're, of course, you're depending on the spirit and discernment about um, the person's life. And, and mainly, I'm personally looking for the call of God. Mm-hmm. Where's, the, where's the call of God in this person's life and how do we help get them going yeah. in that direction? Yeah. So if I were to take your life and answer Nicole's question with your life, you offer friendship. To, to the guys that you see yeah. that call upon. Yeah, my, my discipleship method has always been more of a friendship discipleship. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm not one to kind of take you through a discipleship manual, although I have done that with a mm-hmm. few guys over the years. Uh, for me, it's more like, hey, let's hang out. You yeah. know, um, I t- I've taken guys and said, hey, you know, come with me. I'm going to London or I'm going to some other part of the world, you know, and you just go and you hang out and there's a, that process that takes place. You know? Awesome. Great. Well, we do appreciate Nicole's question. If you have a question, you can leave it in a comment uh, on Facebook or YouTube. We'd love to answer your questions on the program, Things That Matter. You can ask us, hey, does this matter? I think that was a part of Nicole's question. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk about more things that matter.